0: Hello there wrestling fans and welcome to episode number 81 of Because WCW, the podcast, where the big boys play. My name is the twisted genius Dean A. S. and I am joined as ever by my co-host, the Zone journalist, the, what what else can we call you, Liam? He's Liam Happ, he's on the other end of this uh, Skype line. What, what's the worst <laughs> thing you've been called? Come on, what a blue tick wanker.
1: Yeah, um, I was, was going to say uh, the, the majority of the c- candidates for the worst thing I've ever been called have probably been
0: uttered by your good self. By myself.
1: Yeah, yeah, so you've put you've put in you're you're like that time Dennis Burkam put in all three contenders for Goal of the Month. <laughs> oh, sports communist. of course. Sports communist. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was going to say you see, you did seem a little bit. Unsure of what way to go because sometimes you mention I I run the features at hookedonwrestling.co.uk and you know I I write the news for the zone and by the way the zone have launched globally I might as well get in a shameless plug for that the zone a lot of people have noticed uh, started Uh, a month almost like a netflix of sports you could say and as of today we're recording december 1st i'm hoping to have this up today anyway Uh, it is now available outside of the us and the other nine key markets it's a global entity over 200 countries and the majority of our listeners who are who are british uk and ireland I, i should say Uh, can jump on board for just £1.99 a month for live boxing all around the globe, back catalogue of sports contents and more and more rights are being picked up each week, so it's definitely worth jumping on board, I think I think this is going to get bigger and better as it goes along, so I might as well get in a shameless plug.
0: Go for it, yeah you, you say, you say uh, about the majority of our, our listeners from the UK but last month, the month of November, the US, the, the US jumped ahead. yee boy! 10% Yee-haw! Yeah. But my heart of course, remains with the 17 listeners from Parts Unknown
1: I thought you was going to say your heart remained in Texas or something like that and sound like a country and western heart, song
0: yes my heart remains in
1: Texas oh my listeners live well, in Texas you know.
0: never been in my life but, but hey maybe one day maybe one day who knows Um. so yeah I want to say thank you to everyone for well to all of you for, for taking the time and trouble to download these episodes it's been great we've been getting um some great feedback from people on on twitter people who there's there's one guy who's basically been binge listening i suppose is the equivalent of binge watching he's been binge listening all of the nitro watch alongs and he's probably caught up by the time uh, we put this one out yeah so, do uh... not
1: try this at home kids this is a trained <laughs> professional yeah
0: <laughs> but um yeah, we are uh, we we are uh, 81 episodes down now. So if um if you want to come and check out our our back catalog, uh the best place to go to is our website because wcw.podbean.com. Um, but it's also available yeah wherever you get your podcasts from basically. And we do always like to warn people that, that seeing as we we're you know getting to grips with this early days the first six episodes do sound like we're we're locked in adjacent toilet cubicles but after that we we kind of got a bit better at what we we're doing um and we, we've had some great guests on um and and we will continue to have some great guests on and talking of which we we have a little we have a little thing going on right now in, on twitter for all of our followers um twitter by the way we are at because wcw but um Lim, do you want to tell the good folks of this podcast what what is happening over on the old Twitter? Yes, well, uh, there's
1: no better time to do it than December the 1st. Everyone's opened up the first door of their Advent calendar, unless you're like me and you've opened up 10 doors in November already. Um, and as that little get-in-the-mood-for-Christmas treat, we announced that uh, the little little cool thing we did for a festive episode last year, where we basically just... You know, we we took to the floor and we asked you, the listener, for your WCW-related questions. And Dean and I went through a load of them. Some of you guys just asked for some for some facts or things you couldn't uh, dig up yourselves and we try to go deep into our memories and bring out some of you guys just wanted our opinions on things and brought up some 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 really cool creative hypothetical questions that we had a lot of fun answering and we're welcoming all of those things once again but this time it won't just be Dean and myself we'll be joined by one of our more esteemed frequent guests a man who has been on the show twice he'll be his hat-trick ball, making Paul Benson, the only previous hat-trick boy, extremely jealous that he has to share the spotlight. The, the editor of Power Slam magazine during its original run, 1994-2014, Finn Martin, is going to be sat on the Skype with us. And we're going to run through all of your questions one by one. And we're going to have a lot of fun answering them because I remember a year ago it was a lot of fun. And Finn, uh, when yes, he did the last, yeah, when he did the last episode with us, a uh, special during that 25th anniversary of Nitro only a few months ago, he indeed. said to us, oh, yes. yeah. Well, when we went off the air and we started to post-produce, he said to us, "I love that. It shouldn't have taken me so long to get back on." Can we do another one before the end of the year? And our cogs starting to turn in our head, didn't they, Dean? And we thought, you know what? This Christmas special, we're really enthusiastic about making it a regular thing. Why don't you come hop on and join us and answer some of these questions? Because our listeners, <laughs> they're, they are very enthusiastic about those, though, but they're also very creative with their questions. I've already seen a couple of them pitched to us, and this is going to be a lot of fun, Dean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, We've.
0: Seen, I, won't, I won't spoil it, but, yeah, the one that I've seen that has... has, has... Has made me smile, uh, which is it, it's just a, a crazy kind of uh, left field question. So yeah, whatever you want to send us, whether it be uh, just you know, opinions about what things that happened, or favourite memories, or uh, as the one that I, I'm referring to is completely hypothetical and left field. So uh, <laughs> whatever you want, just mix it up, throw it our way, and uh, and we'll be picking out the best ones and answering them uh, on our on our podcast. So today. Oh, before before we move on to uh, what we're doing today, it, I must acknowledge, of course, the fact that. The uh, the because WCW Derby, the football match between my team and Liams, my Ipswich Town and Liam's Charlton Athletic, uh ended on Saturday with a two-nil win for Charlton
1: Athletic. Yeah, sorry, my condolences then. Yeah. Hey, um con- congratulations to you, you absolute <laughs> We were just saying off air, weren't we, how uh there was actually midweek games before that Saturday game. And both Charlton and Ipswich actually suffered a, a really hard to digest defeat each. Um, mm-hmm. You guys lost a hole, didn't you? Yep. 3-0 at
0: home to Hull and
1: 2-0 at home to Hull. Yeah. Chil- Charlton lost midweek away to Burton, who are at the other end of the table. You just, you just two of those results where, you know, the teams weren't at the races. But I saw in the media, like, Charlton media and Ipswich were both saying, right, we, we should get a reaction from this. And then you look at the other team and see they've had a similar result. And you're like, oh, hang on, something's got to give it. Only one of us can bounce back with a win. Yeah.
0: So I'm just relieved it was us. Did Ipswich have a reaction? Nope, <laughs> did they bollocks? Yes, but there, you, there you go. What can you do, eh? The joys of being an Ipswich fan. Um, so um, oh, and the other thing I was going to ask you with with this uh, DAZN stuff, did did you have to cover the uh, Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. match?
1: Do you know what? And and this is the fear, and this is the reason they do these things. So Mike Tyson and Roy Jones gave DAZN their biggest traffic numbers it since launching the well you know a relatively new website with editorial on it um and i know for a fact that quite a few other places got huge numbers off of it because at the end of the day and this is this is the way it works mike tyson and roy jones are huge names especially tyson mm. and for them to do something because crazy is this look at the numbers that uh, mayweather and mcgregor just, just for the sheer spectacle of one guy jumping in to another sport funnily enough, Clarissa Shields, one of the best female boxers today announced that she'll be competing in M- MMA next year she'll be trying to juggle the two it uh, didn't really work for Britain's MVP Michael Venom Page but she's going to give it a go um, these crossovers work and getting the big names come from yesteryear I don't know if you saw Dean but apparently Glenn McCrory is going to fight Evander Holyfield
0: next year
1: yeah and everyone everyone thought oh they're going to fight in a bare knuckle boxing fight because it's being co-promoted by the the bare knuckle boxing promotion that has, that has started up but I think they're basically just going to try and help promote it because they can get a, a cut of the profits by being you know by being yeah. the co-promoters and helping them get a get a venue in that free might even get the O2, so, it's a crazy world at the moment, but it's, it's a premise, that's always existed, and we see it in wrestling, all the time, gimmick matches, well, not just that, but going back to, you know, if you look at Goldberg in WWE, the best example, yeah. people go back, because it's a spectacle, it's a big name, people like to convince themselves, the, the the old era was so much better than this crappy era. And then you know what they, they say about this crappy era 20 years from now? They say they wish that the current era 20 years from now was as good as this era. It's what we yeah. do. We rose-tint glasses in the past all the time and, and you know, promoters lean into it.
0: Yeah, and you know what they'll, they'll say about this podcast in 20 years' time? It was a golden age.
1: Yeah, and With how the, the fuck are they still running? Why are they still doing <laughs> podcasts about WCW?
0: Yeah, we'll we'll be uh we'll be covering uh we'll be covering like you know, WCW Pro or something by that point. Oh Liam, here comes the Galaxian again. Anything to get our fix. Yeah, definitely. Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one. And you're listening to because WCW now choke on that right well today uh we are we are doing a a nitro watch along of um this was the 34th monday nitro originally broadcast on may the 13th 1996 um if you're watching on the network, um, then I'll just uh, forewarn you that um, I'm getting adverts popping up on these things before uh, before the thing begins. So make sure you've got them cleared if you want to do a watch along of the actual episode with us. Um, but yeah, May May 13th, we are we are trundling along towards the, uh, the two-hour Nitro, which is just two more episodes away. So not long to go before that. And of course, a big... The big arrival. It's not a spoiler if it of happened. Of the Mauler. But... <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's not a spoiler if it happened twenty four, twenty five years ago. You I know, can't we're...
1: wait for the Maulers Nitro debut. Like Goosebumps. <laughs> it is the, goosebumps.
0: The debut, the debut of the Mauler, which is then of course rudely interrupted by Scott Hall. Uh but um, this is yeah, so this is this is uh, as I said, number thirty four, May thirteenth, ninety six. Are you ready over there, Liam?
1: uh barring the potential pop-up adverts i am very ready (laughs) cross our fingers as we as we hit play
0: shall we okay well we're on zero 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 and uh, it's time to press play in three two one go cue burning buildings i have burning buildings excellent
1: i didn't start the fire by the way uh, it was all. Now that's stuck in your head for the next 42 minutes. Good luck. Cheers. So the last time we did the night show, because we've done a couple of special episodes since then, the last time we went back to the comfort zone, didn't we? What's the deal with Sting and Luger?
0: Oh, Randy
1: yes. Savage has lost his mind. You know the hits. These recurring storylines that don't really progress. They just like hit the same notes every time. But the episodes yeah. have been pretty good the last few because, you know, you know who has not been here.
0: Uh, will the third time be a charm? Yep. The main event we've got Lex Luger having his third title shot at the Giant. And I I guess this is this is the flip side. This is the problem with the formula that Nitro developed for wrestling TV of those no squash matches, feature matches.
1: <laughs> L- Luga is camped yes. out. Because, because he's missed two opportunities because he weren't at the building and pe- people been saying there's cahoots. He, he doesn't want to fight the giant because of the Jimmy Hart link. But he's camped outside to make sure he's here. That is a nice touch. I like that.
0: I'm with it now. So when they say it's his third opportunity, he hasn't had two matches already. This is the third time he can have this match. Right, that changed.
1: Yes, because you'll remember in recent episodes there's been those those things. Speaking of Mongo, though, who has just started speaking on the show, is it just me or is this the first time he's actually repeated an outfit? Because I swear I've seen this outfit before on him and the dog. And the dog. Yeah, well, he's wearing, like, a really loud Nashville denim jacket, because he's referenced Nashville.
0: The dog's got a wig on.
1: He's like a honky-tonk dog. I swear he's done this before. He's running out of ideas.
0: Yeah, the dog's got a wig on. I'm sorry, but that how often do you see a dog with a fucking wig on?
1: Oh, um... I don't him. have an answer for you, Dan. No,
0: no, there is no answer It's all. I, I, I don't know. I don't know enemy. how
1: to respond to that.
0: <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, the, um, the public enemy are already in the ring, so they didn't even get an entrance. So that tells you who's going to win this one. But
1: to be fair, they've it's done they've started. done everyone a favour by skipping their fucking entrance.
0: Scott Steiner looks particularly discomfort, uh, uncomfortable, like he's um, like he's had. He's had a particularly bad uh, experience in catering or something.
1: (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, is this will be another thing we'll have to make a weekly track of, is because I do recall, uh, after the Steiners came back to WCW, he would embark on a gradual weekly situation where he got progressively more moody and scowly, to the point where before he actually turned heel in 98... He was basically a heel in in babyface situations. And he can't even be bothered to smile or or pose or do those typical babyface things. He's just, he's really starting to be himself.
0: He's getting bigger as well. You can see from that.
1: Oh, man. Yeah.
0: Those calves are almost popping out of his boots. Which I'm sure is completely natural. Absolutely. To be fair, I don't think Scott Steiner, while
1: he's been careful not to turn around and go, yeah, I'll take steroids, he's always been careful not to deny it as well, hasn't he?
0: Well, I do remember there's the the famous uh, story, whether it's true or the not. Triple H H the Triple H one. About, yeah, where yeah. They, they wanted him to take a drug test, and he said, sure, just get Triple H to pick me up in the limo and we'll go together. And he was never, allegedly, he was never asked.
1: Yeah, which is exactly him. like he... It's, it's pretty obvious that he takes. And there's there, there's a growing thing at the moment in wrestling where I've seen a lot of people try and say, well, you know what, uh, they're not they're not cheating. They're not in a competition where it can give them unfair advantage. If they want to take this on them, you know, the stats of uh, massive heart attacks in their 40s would suggest, no, maybe we should have a word with them. But there is this whole culture of, if, if that's what they want to do, that's their prerogative. And I've always been in the opinion that as long as someone doesn't try and lie to my fucking face, then I'm not really going to begrudge them the, the the freedom to make stupid choices.
0: I mean, yeah, there's there's a whole debate on that, and obviously you you've also got to consider that, um, especially in the in the 80s, um, and very early 90s, I guess that those people who who had enhanced physiques would get more of a push. So the it was it was as if the the promotions were were encouraging it without directly encouraging it. it, it oh, you know, absolutely. So that there, was there's, yeah. There's a lot to debate.
1: That was one of the things about the steroid trial with the WWF was some of the evidence come up was just just how sly and just how clever they were in making sure they never actually directly said it, but they made sure everyone felt compelled to do it. And ultimately, yeah. because. Because of a quite a timid, passive prosecution, they never could actually prove that someone directly did it. Like that someone like pushed another wrestler to take them, and that's why he was acquitted in the end.
0: Yeah, and I mean, let's let's yeah, let's not pretend it's just the big leagues as well, because you know steroids at the time were all around all. all manner of indie promotions as well. So, mm. um, but he, I think even to this day, guys who have a tremendous physique in the big leagues have more chance of getting pushed than someone who doesn't. It's, it's a remnant of the old things that's still around, us.
1: Yeah. And, and obviously, a lot of those independent ahead. guys who do it, uh, do it because they want to get called up to the bigs. So, as you can tell, listeners, we're having to watch the public enemy in a straight wrestling match, hence the massive uh, <laughs> tangent.
0: But they've got finally got some offense in. Rocco oh Rock with a big knee lift on Rick Steiner. But, yeah, as you say, public enemy in a straight wrestling match is normally pretty average. And, and just goes to show... How good Paul Paul Heyman was at at hide, uh, you know, hiding people's weaknesses and accentuating their strengths.
1: Yeah, I always thought with with, with the situation ECW is they uh, especially at a time where tag wrestling was dwindling a little. They had a great tag division of just loads of duos, all distinct from each other, who yeah. all who would all go and kick the shit out of each other. I remember things like the. Uh, the triple threat tag match, the table tag matches. It, it was a great scene. It was, it was a really good example of the sum of the parts. And they oh were yeah. a big part of that, obviously. And that's what helped. And that's one of the things yeah. where they're getting a bit of a pass here. Is this, this ain't a bad tag lineup for WCW. We've seen some good tag matches on the Nitros. We've seen some stinkers as well. its It's been very yeah. hit and miss. But they've got depth at this present moment in time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have fond memories of, I think it must have been about 95 time in ECW where they had a, a like a four-way tag team feud. And I think it was like the Eliminators, the Gangsters, the Bruise Brothers were definitely there and someone else. And it was basically everyone kept interfering in everyone else's matches just because, as you said, they wanted to just kick the shit out of each other. Um, and it was, just, it was just great. It was just great heat. It was all pushed around wanting to be the tag team champions, wanting to be the best tag team in the promotion. It always sticks to my head. Good. Double teams from Public Enemy. This this match
1: hasn't been too bad so far. Nothing amazing. Pretty first gear, but they're following the basics and tag formula never fails, to be fair.
0: Yeah, it's basically doing Public Enemy stunts within the confines of a regular match without tables, without anything like that. But getting the pop.
1: You are right about opening, so it was a very long period of time for just, just the public enemy bumping around for the Steiners. But so far, it's, it's one of the matches where you definitely can't say it's been bad, even if it hasn't been attention-grabbing.
0: Rock and Rock up to the top again, goes for that, that drive-by, but Scott Steiner goes out of the way. So once again, Rocco really should learn not to go to the top because it hasn't worked out very well for him in this match. Here comes the hot tag. Rick's waiting. Oh, he's got his leg. Oh. So Rocco tried to uh, stop the tag but wasn't able to. And nice move there that, Scott, that Rick Steiner went... And attacked Johnny Grunge, who was the illegal man first, to get him out of the equation, so he
1: couldn't make biggest threat first, always, yeah. That, that's good psychology. That's if someone looks likely to punch you, you hit them, and then get the least likely to punch you next.
0: Yeah, and that's that. You can tell that's you know the, that's Japanese tag psychology that's come over to this country, and yeah, they obviously spent a lot of time in Japan in you know, a few years earlier.
1: Because these guys must have to do a lot of work, then Some, some of this work, you've probably been like a witness to yourself. In, in trying to avoid being stood there doing nothing. Because it's very easy in multi-man situations to be caught looking like, oh, there's the Frankenstein, I'll finish that thought in a sec. <laughs> great Frankenstein, to be fair. And there's a three count. And so that was spin. a perfectly acceptable match.
0: Nothing great. Nothing wrong with it, really. Did the referee just tread on one of the public enemies? He raised the sliders' hands.
1: Probably, but they would. I mean, given the size situation, they wouldn't have noticed it. But yeah, I, I'd imagine Dean that, that wrestlers have to do a lot of work in modern man situations to avoid just being stood there doing nothing. You got. To, you it must yeah. be a fine art to make it look like you're you're trying to get involved, but you you can't because your spot's not up and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean the guy in the ring, obviously he can just be selling the movies taken. But as you say, the the guy on the outside, you got to time it right because if you go in too early, it looks it looks silly. If you go in, I mean if you go in too late, you know, I guess you can be cut off before you've even made it in the ring. It makes your opponent look a bit more on the ball. But yeah, timing is everything, especially in tag match. Sure, we've got Chris Benoit and Dave Taylor. Th- they should I be a stiffest. Yeah, I mean, I think Dave Taylor. This is Dave Taylor's first match on Nitro, as far as I can remember. Maybe,
1: maybe he's been in a tag match. I'm not sure. Well, I actually have. It's one thing that I actually have to look back and check.
0: Yeah, well, uh, and these two would be very familiar with each other from the uh, the European tournaments in Germany and that, where um, yeah, Taylor spent a lot of time. I think he might have actually lived out in Germany and obviously Finlay uh, Finlay uh, Finley. Benoit was um, someone who would be brought over for those tournaments along with the likes of Finley and Regal
1: but yeah this is, this is a match of sheer compatibility because yeah. if you think about it they're both, they're both in in the hill situation at the time but you know you can send them out for a match that hasn't happened on Nitro before they can beat the piss out of each other for five minutes it'll catch the eye it'll be different from the other matches on the show
0: Fair fucks. And I think that's exactly what this is going to be.
1: There's uh, definitely some cheers here for Benoit, who, who is, uh, I've heard the references on the show already. He's he's getting into this feud with Kevin Sullivan now. I think well, we are, we're about to leave this era, but we are still in the era where a lot of stuff happens on Saturday night, which doesn't help our calls. Um, but yeah, Benoit has taken over from Pillman, who's not there anymore. Yeah. Did you
0: also? Joe, Go on. Sorry. I was just going to say, you know, bear in mind what we were talking about previously and what what we know about Chris Benoit. Um, the difference. Just thinking, looking at Benoit there, the difference in his physique and size between there and his his WWE heyday is notable as well he's
1: a yeah. lot smaller I would, I, I would definitely say that, he, that his habits hit a peak before he jumped to WWE uh, because I f- if you remember like 98 99 Benoit was definitely really starting to come up at the neck um and it, it, when you consider the fact that Benoit was, was called upon by a lot of fans to be given a chance to wrestle closer to the top of the card at that stage, but he never was. You know, It weren't until just when he was leaving WCW that they actually did put him in a headline situation. So I'm mm. sure he was yeah, you know, abusing really hard and working out really hard to to try and increase his chances. Yeah. And yeah, there were definitely some times where it, in WWE it was obscene. Uh, after the neck injury, I thought especially. Mm. Um, I was going to uh, mention earlier. Uh, did you notice in the previous match, Eric Bischoff put forth the announcement that I think they were breaking for the first time that May 27th will be a two-hour Nitro. So. Oh, okay. So now we're we're getting to that point where it's starting to. Gather up ahead of steam. They're, they're making that out to be a special nitro, bigger bumper mm-hmm. nitro. I'm sure there'll be a couple of matches that they'll announce. Similar to how we've got Winter is Coming coming up with AEW Dynamite, I'm sure you've noticed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it, we, are, we are very close now, Dino. Uh,
0: the, the anticipation is thick in the air. Hulk Hogan getting a name check. Who apparently is watching at home.
1: Because whenever Poochie is not in the room, everyone should be asking
0: Where's Poochie?
1: <laughs> oh dear. And a uh, and a shameless uh name drop of his buddy Shaquille O'Neal.
0: Yeah. Oh. The so Heenan's referring yeah. to the uh, the parking lot brawl that he that Finley and Regan had.
1: great job of Heenan doing some bridging there because obviously you've got Regal's buddy Squire David Taylor in this match they're plugging yeah. Slamboree and, and the Battle Bowl Lethal Lottery deal because apparently Finley's out of that now because of the parking lot brawl Because not it right good just episodic bridging storytelling yeah keep us coming back for another 45 minute fix soon to be 1 hour 25
0: yeah so um yeah I mean A few years after this, um, Taylor would open up a training school, I believe in Atlanta or thereabouts, somewhere near there. And I know that um, Benoit was someone who would be often there as a guest training because there was a party of British wrestlers that went down there many years ago, including um, Terry Fraser and Charles Samuels, the cartel. And and I remember seeing photos of them in, in the ring training with Taylor and training with Ben Wong. hmm But there's Taylor posing to the posing to the hard cam, but the hard cam isn't being shown to the director. And he's a big guy. I mean I've I've worked matches managing people against Dave Taylor and I've had to take a, a bump off of him and he's a huge, huge man. Tremendous pro as well.
1: Yeah, you you have to see him competing against like a Benoit, and I remember the the you know the match that stands out to me. Do you remember that infamous impromptu ladder match they had in 2006, where uh, you had Regal and Taylor and, and other more established teams that like I think it was Eminem and m and the Hardys and mm-hmm. and they, and they just suddenly turned into a ladder match, and that's where Joey Mercury really did his eyes up, his face in. up, yes. And it was wrestling against some other guys who were more typical cruiserweights where Dave Taylor was towering. And I was like, hang on a sec. Dragon suplex. He landed on his head. It's easy to forget the time when Benoit used the bridging dragon as his finisher. Yeah, It's a hell was of a pretty finisher. pretty much
0: out of nowhere as a finish, but totally believable as a finish because you're not going to get out of that, are you? Yeah.
1: It was exactly what we predicted it would be. Yeah. Uh, they went move for move. It was watchable stuff. The the higher pushed guy went home at, after about, what, five minutes? Something like that, yeah. So, I mean, this episode so far is not going to stick out in your memory for weeks and weeks and weeks to come, but oh, I could put my feet up and watch wrestling like this every night.
0: And, you know, the, the ending of that, you know, it's, it, it makes sense. Taylor goes for a, a springboard cross body block off of the middle rope. Not, not his typical kind of offence. And you know, as, soon as, as soon as he leaves his feet and does something unfamiliar, he misses, gets caught in the, in the Dragon's Suplex by Benoit. All makes perfect sense.
1: And continuing our theme of hill versus hill tonight, um, it's, it's Flair versus VK Wall Street. And when I say the theme of hill versus hill, yes, I am pretending that that miserable growling Scott Steiner is a hill.
0: <laughs> so uh, we've now got Mean Gene backstage with some security and Doug Dellinger, and now Mongo because the Macho Man's trying to get in through the, into the building. Ah, so he's sympathising with the, with Savage.
1: This is this is starting to bridge to the because obviously Flair's also been antagonising his wife Deborah McMichael Yeah. So they're now bridging. Savage and Mongo together.
0: Mongo's got a plan, apparently, that will get Savage into the building
1: yeah. somehow. Well, yeah, he's being the voice of reason and telling Savage to stay outside. He's like, we're going to do this from within the rules, within yes. the system.
0: As indie wrestler security stops him coming in.
1: There's some amazing hairdos.
0: Yes. Savage has lost his mind, according to and Gene. So stellar acting there from Oakland. This is the greatest acting from the Macho Man since that episode of Baywatch.
1: Because what they're trying to tell you here, Dean, is, is that the Macho Man is crazy. I don't know if you picked up on that.
0: Really? Uh, but he's lost his mind?
1: Yeah. He doesn't care about the money. He just wants to snap Ric Flair in half.
0: Yeah, but Liam, what's the deal between
1: Sting and Lex Luger? Funnily enough, at the start of this segment, Savage actually said, what's the deal? Like, about him not getting in. I was going, is he asking about Sting and Luger? So, uh, we're still here. This yeah. is We kind of hit the notes of this already, and we're still outside the bloody building.
0: Savage doesn't mind dragging a dead tag team partner to the ring with him to win the lethal lottery
1: <laughs> because he's paired up with Flair, isn't
0: he? He is indeed paired up with Flair. That
1: would be funny to watch. That would be like uh, was it Moxley and his and his New Japan young boy tag partner? <laughs> that was funny. Just got a funny thing. We might not see Moxley in a New Japan ring again for some time to come. Maybe so. Our world, Dean, is about
0: to change. Oh, it's the blood runs cold, promo. Oh. Oh, man. Mortal Kombat. Eat your heart out. Just get ready for another year of this. These did run for like a, what seemed like an eternity before Glacier debuted, didn't they?
1: And to be fair, that they its a very—it's short, it's sharp, it's good graphics for the time. It's a very cool tease. It's such a shame they weren't on the ball with it.
0: Well, Mongo's back in the broadcast booth. Oh, Kevin Green name dropped. Here comes, while Mongo's talking, VK Wall Street, which is basically uh, Mike Rotundo's rip-off of uh, the Million Dollar Man.
1: And when you say rip-off of Million Dollar Man, how pound shop can that that million-dollar suit he's wearing be? I mean, his well,
0: li- dark suit with a dollar sign yeah. gold stitched onto the lapel,
1: and he's still wearing the stripy tie that came with it at fucking Next door, wherever he bought it
0: from. <laughs> I I once went to a wrestling themed fancy dress party as the Million Dollar Man, and my outfit looked better than that. So, but,
1: Liz hey, look who we've got. Yep, Liz in leather, check. Woman in her sexy gown and gloves, looking like she's itching to interfere in the match. She's going to
0: have to cheat.
1: She's, now, got the, she's got the shakes already.
0: Where's Debra? Oh, is Flair oh
1: he's taking it the detour. It does
0: make me wonder. Oh, he's having a go at Mongo. That's what he's doing right now. It <laughs> does make me wonder, though, why Steve McMichael insists on having his wife sit in the exact same place in the crowd every single week.
1: Maybe he wants to be a
0: horseman. That's just ridiculous. Maybe he's playing chess
1: when everyone else is playing checkers. (laughs) You
0: know, because he strikes me as the type
1: to be five steps ahead of of the rest of the pack. Uh,
0: can, Can I just state that there's no way that someone like Steve but Mike could ever be a horseman, Liam. That's just ridiculous. Only an idiot would think that up.
1: so so woman has entered the ring and she's now looking over the turnbuckles and giving serious thought to undoing three or four of them before yep. the match has started and poking wall street in the eye she was oh, just never comfortable in her own skin unless she was cheating in a wrestling match
0: yeah so wall street has also he's got a black singlet with a big dollar sign oh on the back oh my
1: god it, it is so do you know what? If he was actually doing Nikolai Volkov's gimmick when he was forced to join the million-dollar corporation yeah. and he was the million-cent man, fair enough. Because that's what he's resembling more than Ted DiBiase at this stage. Oh, that is so bad. I, I think he, he looks so pathetic that I think even woman feels guilty and may not actually cheat in a match. That's how bad he looks.
0: Oh, man. I mean, the match itself, you know this is going to be fine. you got Ric Flair and Mike Rotundo in there. It's going to be absolutely fine. T- you know, a short TV match, you would think. Mm. One the best of all time and uh, uh, an absolute,
1: when we say mortar to the bricks, uh, a lot of episodes, he's he's a perfect example of that. slot him yeah. in there with someone with the storyline, with the personality, with the thing, and Rotunda will get you where you need to go. So uh, this is this is an intriguing pairing. Uh, the the pairing, I mean, Steiner's public enemy w- made sense, but the last two matches, two Hill versus Hill singles pairings, two obvious winners. It's been it's been an interesting lineup.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be we've got pairs of people who will know each other well, who've worked together plenty of times before, who you know will put on a, a solid match.
1: And even Rotunda gets to no-sell Flare's chops because, obviously, that's that's in his contract. Press slam. Please. Back, oh, back, buddy drop. See,
0: I'm just waiting for Savage to turn up.
1: Because he's crazy. find
0: a way of burrowing under the ring or something.
1: But, I mean, that'd be fun. But more importantly, Dean, what is the deal with Sting and Lex Luger?
0: See Savage, he could have uh, he could have taken a leaf out of Halloween Havoc 1990 and disguised himself as a popcorn seller.
1: See, only Ric Flair can be on the receiving end of offense, roll out the ring to regroup, and squeeze in a strut and a dance with woman in the, in the midst of it. Genius. Absolutely, just can't take your eyes off him, even for a routine TV match. All the little things, he was a master of them. Yeah.
0: That was a really laboured toe hold though. That was a very odd one, yes. Apparently, Savage is outside talking to himself.
1: Because that's what crazy people do. Did I mention that he's crazy?
0: He's lost his mind, though.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We'll go back after this match, and he'll be sat on the floor, dribbling with a... What was the old stereotype about? With a Napoleon hat on.
0: Or um, if if, uh, you watch uh, Blackadder, he'll be uh, sitting outside with a pair of underpants on his head and a pencil up. There's a classic one, yeah. I'm
1: pretty sure that the Napoleon hat was an old... I mean, we're talking 1940s now, obviously, because it was in all the the Looney Tunes cartoons, wasn't it?
0: Ah, yes.
1: Back when Elmer Fudd would turn into a lollipop for a second because he's a sucker. (laughs) It was
0: a different Flair, time. It was a different time. Flair does the flare flop on the floor. And woman is urging him to get back to his feet, which he does, and then punches uh, Wall Street in the gut and he's back on the offense. But, oh, he's going up to the top.
1: Oh, man. I wonder what's going to happen he's, here. Here's your press slam, Dino. He still has to learn. woo Um... The, the chemistry between Flair and Woman is see, second to none. The little interactions, even when like he's crawling on the outside of the floor. I mean, I don't. the, the, the only recent example I can think of of, of chemistry that good would be um, Andrade and the recently fired Zelina Vega.
0: Hmm. Samoan drop from uh, Wall Street, which is the Wall Street crash, isn't it? But woman interfered. She put Flair's foot on the bottom rope.
1: Yeah. And obviously denies that she did anything. (laughs) Well, at least least she got her fix. Heenan is referencing the fact that I did notice this earlier that the uh, the banquet table Flair's been having out near yes. ringside the last few weeks is indeed out there tonight as well. And Heenan says it's because he's going to take a seat there after this match and watch the main event. Oh. So obviously he lost the title a few weeks ago to the Giant. Will <laughs>
0: next turn up to the match?
1: Woman screams every time Flair gets hit. But there's Rotunda into the ring post knee first, like a doofus.
0: Bad move. Yeah, he runs his knee into the ring post, and we all know what that's going to set up.
1: I am having great success in a match against former multi-time world champion and wrestling legend Ric Flair. What should I do next? Oh, I know. I am going to aim my knee at that ring post where he's kind of standing. You fucking dipshit. You deserve everything you have coming to Mike. (laughs) Sorry, VK. (laughs)
0: And this is why you uh, didn't get that commentator's job, Liam. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: and my inability to commentate. <laughs> and here's and woman.
0: is again cheating.
1: <laughs> just to make sure. Oh, well, Elizabeth's there too, you know.
0: Yeah, just walking past, doing that. Collecting
1: the easiest yes, pay- ch- paycheck known to man.
0: Yes, woman just grabbed both of Ric Flair's hands and gave him the extra offence. To but get it's okay a because. a very rare submission win with a figure four leg lock. Very Indeed. rare to see that happen.
1: It's okay that Elizabeth's not doing anything because not only is woman doing enough cheating for two valets, she's filling the quota for everyone in this fucking building. Oh, she was brilliant.
0: And also, you know, Elizabeth is just spending the macho man's money. <laughs>
1: Here's me and Gene for an interview. And they are at the banquet table. I think it's going to be a Ric Flair batshit interview. I I wonder if woman's food will be her cheat meal.
0: Sorry. <laughs> He's now talking about shagging Dolly's <laughs> I I don't know what's going on. I mean, let's be honest, did did WCW actually need the New World
1: Order to go to Stratford? Just put Ric Flair and woman on all hour, or all two hours as it would soon become. And Elizabeth can be there too, it's optional. Doesn't make a difference.
0: Does the nature boy look like he's dead to you? And here comes your favourite part. Because woman
1: is on mean gene, like stick on <laughs> shit.
0: <laughs> Flair's trying not to laugh at woman.
1: They're just having so much fun. And Elizabeth, who's, who's not really, you know, on the level of the other two, but she's cracking a lot of smiles because the other two are just corpsing her left, right, and center.
0: Oh, well, now we're talking about Mongo.
1: I, f- I think he's uh, Flair's making an American sports reference that, that basically amounts to Mongo bad, Flair good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> as and he's he's basically <laughs> pe- peeling woman off of me Mean G as well. <laughs> he's just referred to woman and Elizabeth as his wide receivers. I'm not even gonna past
1: comment on that he's, he's, he's nothing short of brilliant just, just give them an interview segment next to a banquet table every week get Mean me Gene yeah. on the job because you know woman's got one other itch other than cheating in a match that needs to be scratched
0: now oh. we have oh they're apologising about the... The, um, about the interview yeah the language that he used maybe about Dolly
1: Parton well it was all but it was all suggestive but it was none of it was as vulgar yeah. as say you and I doing a, a podcast
0: God <laughs> but what's curious here is we've had an ad break and we've now gone straight into the main event title match no intros no nothing it's been so a I'm very chop chop episode that, yeah they crammed that into the ad break
1: Strange. Because this, I mean, I'm sure they're circumcised at the time, but this is running about five minutes shorter than the average hour-long Nitro episode would run. Mm. So, unless I'm guessing there was something that made them have to be a bit trimmy, because otherwise you'd want the, you know, it's one of the few times when the entrances of the wrestlers are very important on a TV show, is to get the main eventers out for a world title match.
0: Now, Unless there was something happening on Raw and they wanted to get they wanted to get the main event match started before the main event, maybe Raw or something I don't know. The, I'm the just uh, speculating.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's weird, but the interesting factor here is Jimmy Hart ringside, who obviously has managed Lex Luger for the better part of eight months now. After yep. Luger turned up and turned heel on Hulk Hogan, uh, he obviously also manages the champion, the Giant. And as we've said, they've, they've not done a, a very consistent job of, of building up the tension of this conflict of interest. But at least for tonight, it's very much there, you'd imagine.
0: Yeah. So Luger came off the middle rope, which isn't his usual offense. He's been caught by the Giant, who is essentially giving him the Oklahoma Stampede yeah. without the slam at the end, just rams him into two opposite buckets.
1: Some movies should have dusted off more often, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I mean it's nothing pretty, it's nothing.
1: Uh, but it's realistic. But
0: you don't want it to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You don't want it to be with a guy like this.
1: Moves that involve the giant ragdoling other sizeable men, but to really put over, you know, if Luger's getting ragdolled, this is a big dude. I mean, Luger's going to be working pretty normal baby face here, I guess.
0: And he's he's just running to uh, the Giant with that big forearm. And Giant just no-sells it. Throws Luger out the ring. Oh, and, and they're just uh, saying about how he knocked out Yokozuna with that big forearm. <laughs> just to get their digs in.
1: I'll tell you what, the chemistry between these two so far has been pretty good. They are really trusting each other and, and going full throng. Yeah. Flair's got his robe back on for his, for his supper at the banquet table.
0: Now, I do I do have to wonder, with Lex Luger, Liam, how good preparation is it to camp out of, outside the arena overnight as opposed to being in a hotel and getting a workout in in the morning.
1: Wouldn't it be fun if that factored into the finish? <laughs> He's like, oh, fuck, I'm knackered. Or a, hobo, a, 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 a hobo mate he made outside runs in and interferes. You didn't share that cake with me, you bastard.
0: Now, is it a proper hobo or is it Savage and Hogan's hobo mate?
1: Tune in next week to find out. Or oh, Kevin, we're going to the
0: banquet table.
1: Hobo. Uh-oh. At least he oh, was Flair's quite enough to remove
0: nuts. the lit candle. Don't want to yes. burn
1: the person you're trying to break in half.
0: Flair's going nuts because the entire, very, very kindly, the Giant has just swept the uh, swept the place clean whilst Luger just stands there with Giant's head, throat, uh, hand around his throat. Jimmy, Jimmy Art's kind of just
1: him. watching. Oh, Elizabeth's trying to do
0: Scared. Oh, Jimmy Hart trying to stop the Giant, and the Giant just not well, just ignoring him. J- Jimmy Hart is on the Giant's back, literally. Here comes Sting to rescue Luger, because what's the deal with them? So this is all a
1: bit random. I suppose it's to build towards Sting Giant Slamboree, but Luger's kind of just defaulted into this role again. Jimmy Hart's not played a factor. And the Giant suddenly losing his temper and going extreme was really random. The match went about three minutes. Nothing happened that would make you think, oh, the Giant's lost his temper. Um, And then, yeah, he held Luger in a goozle while he carefully cleared the table. So Luger's had to wait for him to do that.
0: And, and that goes back to what we were saying about with the tag partner on the ropes trying on, on the tag rope trying to get the timing right and not standing around doing sod all. And Luger's just had to do that. Yeah.
1: And that's, a, I mean, in multi-men matches, the reason I brought it up is because that, that must be the place where it's the most intricate, the most difficult to do. And you've got to run over and give someone a, a punch while they're already selling to, so they're not just laying around for five minutes. There's little things like that. But this was just two people. You know, don't clear the table. Was just, there was just little trays and that on it. If you're that mad that you want to end a, a title match with someone and slam them through a table, why are you going? Oh, get that plate out of the way. It might, it, it might cut him. Get that candle yeah. out of the way. Don't want him to get hot. What the fuck? So that was weird. That, that really didn't hit home the way they, they no doubt imagined it would when they conceived it.
0: See if you need that to happen, what I would do is get Flair to like take some plates or something plates of stuff away because he doesn't want it ruined and it's like shit this is going this table's going to get ruined let's let's take this you know these canapes with us or something are
1: they? they're showing some some good offense Luger got on the giant, I suppose just try and say like this is the moment where the giant lost his temper because he got hit a few times. We've already had that you know. They made a big deal, and rightfully so, when the giant was taken off his feet in a recent match and stuff like that. And it apparently, he loses his rag now. It's it's silly. So it's, it's not mm-hmm. a hit home this angle, I don't think.
0: No, we've lost the commentary for some reason. Mean Gene's been told to go away by Sting.
1: Oh yeah, I saw that. That was good, good acting from Sting. Well, otherwise, this is a just it's just so random. And they're doing like the sullen, look at look them, those
0: sullen tones and
1: facial expressions. You say that, he's trying
0: not to piss himself laughing.
1: <laughs> Mongo, Mongo doesn't know how to sell it either. Now he's just got Bischoff looking like he's at a funeral. You can tell which which one of these three guys actually came up with the idea and thought that it would come across as a big thing, can't you? Obviously, table bumps were far less commonplace at this time, but still, that did that did not hit home as a particularly big thing. Even if you were to take that into consideration, it was so random, it was gratuitous. And they are trying to link it. So it's obviously a hard sell. Slam breezes in six days, but uh, nah, it's not worked. His, his best friend Luger going through a table, who might add, last week was uh, angry at Luger in a What's the Deal with Stinger Luger edition. Ooh. So I always think of how much Eric Bischoff would crow on in his autobiography about the importance of storytelling. And there were some times where those though told some great stories, but yeah, we also see some times where they really were lapsed about it at times as well.
0: I like Heenan's good. shirt. Yes, it is a good shirt. Slamboree 1996 coming up. So that is the Lethal Lottery. That That's one that we have not covered yet, actually. It's Slamboree 96.
1: It's not a particularly great pay-per-view. I'll wait until someone specifically requests it, I think. You're not going to hear me go, oh, I really want to do this, Dean. Let's do it even without a guest. No. <laughs> we'll do it when we have to. <laughs> But then there are worse ones because we've covered plenty of Russo's and the Great American Bash 92 already. Yeah. So we've endured worse.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, uh, yeah, the, the 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 latest one that we did, uh, the last episode with Bradley Craig, and um, as you said, Great American Bash '92 in it. Well, it it was an interesting episode, but it wasn't the greatest show that uh, the greatest pay per view WWE you've ever put on this it, it like that. It
1: was the equivalent. I say about wear down holds used in wrestling, and this was like the actual entire show equivalent of a wear down hold. Where you watch the first tag team tournament match and you're like, well it's a bit one tone and and and, yeah. and old timey and boring, but you know the work is good and the, and the wrestlers involved are good at what they do. Then you watch the next one, and you're like, oh this is the same as the other one, but you know they're they're trying their best and 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 then rinse and repeat seven times and it climaxes with the final, which is basically um, Gordy and Williams performing literal where Dan holds for 30 minutes. And, oh, it, you know, there's your cure for insomnia right there.
0: And, uh, over on, uh, on Raw in this episode, uh, we had, so bear in mind what we've seen here, we had, uh, Ahmed Johnson defeating Zip with Sonny and Skip, Vader presumably squashing Duke Drossi, uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw defeating Aldo Montoya, and Shawn Michaels beat Triple A, or Hunter Hurst Helms, as he was known then. And, uh, we also had, Vincent Mann interviewing Undertaker and Paul Bearer, um, but then being interrupted by Goldust and Marlena and Mankind attacking Taker. And then my favourite-sounding part of the show featured footage of the WWF's Tour of Kuwait in which Davey Boy Smith attacked Shawn Michaels on the beach and dragged him into the ocean. As you do. Yes, with Kevin Sullivan disguised as a lifeguard.
1: Or an old woman. We're, we're not quite sure. We have to do some follow-up research to find out which of his two amazing disguises he was wearing.
0: Maybe it was an old woman lifeguard.
1: Oh, that would be taken to the next level.
0: Yeah. So um, so next week is our last... Well, not that we'll necessarily do it next week, but you know what I mean. The next Nitro is our last one-hour Nitro, and it features a main event of the giant Um, defending the world title against, again, so he's a fighting champion. You've got to give credit where it's due, but he defends against Arn Anderson, which would be interesting. Mm. We also have Lex Luger and Sting defending the tag titles against the Faces of Fear, Meng and Barbarian. Uh, We've got the Steiners against Fire and Ice, and then uh, a match that we've definitely seen before already on Nitro, Ric Flair against Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, oh, we've, we've
1: had, had that heard. one, I think.
0: And another one that could be an uh, could be a real like uh, what they what's the term a sleeper match, isn't it? They say where it's like uh, a yeah. one. That
1: or or you... a low key banger. I like yeah, that's a modern parlance.
0: Diamond Dallas Page and Brad Armstrong.
1: Yeah, that could be good. Maybe not a low key banger, but definitely could be a lot of fun because DDP's character work was getting good around this point. He did the comedic stuff before he started the transformation. And we're about to watch his transformation into a player. Because uh, obviously next week's Nitro happens after Bree, And he yeah. uh, the push will begin for the man who's been a comedy low-card heel for so long in WCW.
0: Marvelous. So a good one to look forward to. And As we said at the top of the episode, we will be doing next week, or reasonably shortly at least, we'll be doing um, a... Q&A with ourselves for our Christmas Q&A and our special guest Finley Martin of Power Slam and Inside the Ropes magazine. Um, So if you do have any question, um, no such thing as a silly question. In fact, we encourage silly questions. Um, So, If you've got anything to send to us that you want to be answered, then just tweet it to us at BecauseWCW. And uh, if you do like what you've heard, please do rate and review us um, and subscribe to this, and you'll get notifications as soon as a new episode is up. So um, before we go, Liam, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle for that one.
1: Oh, it was absolutely fine. There, There was definitely some bits that were... That were baffling, like that angle and that. But nothing, nothing about it was bad. The highlight was definitely Flair and Woman.
0: It's always Flair. And
1: Elizabeth was there as well, I believe.
0: She, apparently so. Yes. Mm. Marvelous. Right, we'll leave it there. So, on behalf of Liam, this is me, the Twisted Genius, saying thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you ringside.